You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Episode 107. 107. Ooh, yeah. I like how every episode we're like, wow. wow I can't <laughs> believe we did I, this. <laughs> Good old pat on the Did back. I? I think I may have already mentioned this, but it's funny. I listened to a podcast and they got to 100 episodes. And it's After us? Uh, no, before oh, us. But too bad. They're down in the States somewhere, but they're, they're these two young guys and they, yeah, did a podcast for a hundred episodes and they were all like celebrating. And I think they had a, a phone recording from their dad and he was like, you did something a hundred times. He's like, I've gone to work 7,000 times in a row. Do I get an award about it? I'm like, yes, that is such, such a, a dad like, thing. Boomer dad mindset to be like, why are you celebrating? I've done lots of things a hundred times. <laughs> Yeah. Life would be a lot happier if we celebrated every time we did a hundred of something. Yeah, you see me cut that grass every weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do I get an award? <laughs> but if you are uh, new to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. My name's Andrew. With me, as always, is Corlin. For now, hello, hello, and Cameron. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> we are feeling giddy this morning. I think <laughs> Cameron brought uh, Timbits. Yeah, it's so. the sugar. It's, it's, it's yeah. the sugar. Seven fourteen in the morning right now. Yeah, <laughs> I've already had four. <laughs> There's a green sprinkle on there, so I can tell my wife I ate greens today. Yeah, <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? There was green, green on it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you are new to the podcast, we do this every week, and uh, we either answer questions that have come in, or each of us take a turn, kind of picking a topic. So this morning is Corlin's turn. So what are we going to talk about, Corlin? Uh, well, as I was going throughout my week this week, I realized. Um, and, and even just throughout the course of my ministry here at the church, one of the things that I've heard quite often is like, hey, how do we get better at like sharing the gospel? How do I get more comfortable sharing the gospel? How do I how do I even like initiate a conversation about that? So if if you're a non-Christian listening, what that basically means is to share the good news about Jesus. But we like how as Christians can we take it from being easy to come and gather here and talk about Jesus or, or listen about what he did mm-hmm. and like apply that to everyday life? Because, I mean, within the church, it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, Jesus died for us and, and we we love him and he loves us. And and then go out into the world and to actually share the gospel, you know, to share that people are sinners in need of a savior, right, deserving of death. And then Jesus has died for them. And been raised again and to, to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you believe, then you are given the gift of eternal life with him, right? Like, that's kind of an awkward conversation. Just do that. Just do that. What Corlin mm. just did. All right. This has been episode. Just like <laughs> no, just... record just that bit. And when someone asks me like, wait, I got to record Wait a it. second. Yeah. No, it's a good question. Like, how do um, I actually get this? I shouldn't say I get this question lots. I get this question a fair amount. Like. Yeah. How do I, you know, my neighbor asked me a question or I, I work with a guy that is not a Christian or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it's family members. Like I'm going yeah. for Christmas to my family's house and they don't believe in Jesus. Like how do you, how do you navigate? How that? do you bring stuff up without the, like, I'm going to give a full gospel presentation. Using bring your this, soapbox with you or bringing this like Bible track and just kind of like being, Hey, you should read this. Like, I don't know. There just seems to be like, how do I navigate the, what could be just the awkwardness of it? Yeah. Does it have to be awkward? Like, I think Christians make it awkward. Like, I don't think it has to be. And it's <clears throat> more so anecdotally, but I've, um, if I were to think of who might struggle most and it may be someone that doesn't, 
possibly have a lot of exposure to folks that are non-Christian or uh, maybe sure. their work or their life <clears throat> just doesn't um, have them cross paths in a meaningful or timely way that it would allow conversation. So then when it's like, oh, we're going to spend three hours together and possibly this might come up, like I'm, I'm you're anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Where I think maybe that is a result of putting too much pressure on yourself. Like I have to be prepared because the Bible says I should be ready to give account at any time. What does that mm. mean? Do I memorize my testimony? Do I have to prepare? And so I think we put a lot of <clears throat> weight on ourselves to ensure that we share or evangelize properly. Because, my goodness, what if this person gets hit by a bus tonight? I just remember all of these things our, yeah. our youth yeah. pastor at the time would say, like, you make sure you go and do this because you never know. You don't want to be in heaven. And someone says, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And so I think that kind of old adage mm. is like causing us a lot of stress when we go into these situations yeah. and then we might just appear super awkward. Yeah. With- I remember uh, when I was a teen going to a, like a big, one of those big youth, like, like a YC type thing, yeah. but it, it wasn't that. Um, and the, one of the emphasis on one of the sessions was um, evangelism and sharing Jesus with your friends and like during the session. So it was like a huge stadium. So I'm going to say, I'm going to guess like 8,000 kids yeah. are listening to this guy. And he said like, everyone take out your phones and I want you to call one of your friends who doesn't know Jesus right now and like tell them about Jesus. And like mm. you talk about the pressure. Yeah. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, I might not remember it, but there was no like, you know, here's maybe some ideas of like how you could go back home and share with your friends. It was like, call them right now and tell them like that, you know, they need Jesus. <clears throat> and you looked around the, the stadium and there were like people just kind of huddled making phone calls. And, and I, I remembered I didn't call anyone because I was like, this is so so awkward sure. like yeah. you're forcing me right now to like force a conversation <clears throat> hey hey brad um it's andrew uh yeah. do you know jesus oh what's all the background like, like, i can't hear you yeah, i can't like, hear you why is there why is it so loud but it was like are you i get what he was doing like the time is short right you're like yep. you need to tell yep. your friends about jesus i get that but like it's that weight of responsibility though it implies that you have a responsibility and if you don't and they never finish the if you don't but they kind of just do a parallel story like and I, and it's probably that same path it's like if you don't could you imagine like if yeah. they didn't go to hell, like if the world ended right now and that's a weird burden to put on a yeah so a i'll youth. share one more story that relates yeah. to that when i was a youth pastor went to a similar yc yeah. type thing and they did like a skit of uh someone in hell Oh boy! And it was just kind of like oh the pulling and the pulling. No, and the but it music. was just kind of like you know oh. why didn't anyone tell me? Oh. Why didn't anyone tell me? See, and that's not even scripturally accurate. No, and it was like, but then I I remember I had to debrief with my kids after because they had that exact thought if if Becky, my friend, goes to hell, she's gonna I'm say I'm responsible. Why didn't you ever? And it's me. And I was like, no, guys. So did you give the whole people can't even see each other in hell? They're not coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not. No one in hell scripturally is saying like, oh, I wish I had known. They're saying, I hate God. Like, so, but no, I just said, guys, like, yes, the urgency to share the gospel. Yes. Your friend's salvation does not depend on you. Mm -hmm. Like that weight is it. But it was just so, and again, I bet you anything. I know the conversation that, okay, how do we inspire these kids to share the gospel with their friends? Well, what if we did a skit about hell? Like I get that, but it was just bad. So, so do you think that social media plays into this at all? I, I know 
I think Christians often point the finger at social media, but I'm thinking specifically around stuff like, and I'm not dissing him in this. I'm just curious if it plays a piece is uh, stuff like Ray Comfort's uh, living water videos where like, if you watch them closely, they're actually heavily edited. Uh, but like, where he just you goes and he has today. like Do you his. Know where you'd be going? Is that the guy? The yeah, <laughs> he, he has his like method. His his yeah. the Ray Comfort method. I've even heard people say totally where he he knows what he's gonna say and he has it like the craft with quotations perfected to like sure. have his method of delivery for the gospel work out. Uh, so do you feel like maybe there can be Christians that feel like there's this expectation to have a perfect conversation lined up in their head with like perfect responses to everything? I think the Romans wrote in that whole kind of like, here's the formula. I think that killed evangelism in the worst way. I honestly think it's a poor way to go. I think that should be the foundation to which we are like motivated to be in relationship and be loving. And because of these elements that we believe because I don't know, like, I think there's two different types of evangelism. There's <clears throat> what I shared earlier about leaving Christian ministry and going into a secular workforce and actually feeling more fulfilled in some of the meaningful conversation and relationships that I'm in without saying, do you realize today if you die yeah. that you are missing this relationship with our Savior? Like, that is the reason I am so intentional about some of these relationships and people know yeah. that I'm a Christian and it's been fascinating to see that interaction, but I don't personally feel like I have to go to and sit down each of my colleagues at our nine o'clock meeting and be like, guys, I, I have to tell you, but the way they've interacted with me over the last year and a half in this new department I'm in, like it's, they know I'm the Christian. I talk about my children arguing with other kids about the existence of God and some conflict that we have there. Yeah. But that's what I think we do because my son got in trouble at school (laughs) because he and another, there's a girl from our church. They're in uh, grade one together and Sunday school together. And there's some kids talking about the way the earth was created. And my son's like, God created the earth. He's seven years old. Just turned seven. We're working on appropriateness and manners. But um, (laughs) the other kid's like, no, you know, there's no such thing as God. And my son says, you have no brain. (laughs) (laughs) So, Evangelism so, 101. But it's so funny. I thought about that. And, and of course, we spoke to him about appropriateness and how you can't, you can't intermingle uh, your conviction with how another person responds to it. And that shouldn't <laughs> damage the relationship. But then oh, he, he went further and found himself in the principal's office because finally he just threw up his hands and said, this class is stupid and you're all stupid, <laughs> which is terrible. Uh, but again, seven, like just turn seven grade one, trying to figure things out in the schoolyard or at lunch, uh, recess, oh, but we see adults doing that, right? Like they, oh, okay, boy. we're going to put through your formula or your Romans road. Yeah. And if the response isn't immediately, wow, tell me more. It's like, I did my part. And I think there's more damage in that relationship, mm. not continuing. Yeah. If it's not accepted as like, wow, thank you for saving my life today. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's good. So I think maybe a good place to start because we've kind of been all over the place. 11 minutes in. It's like, what did we talk about? Um, Do you think uh, most Christians know the gospel well enough to be able to like share it with someone? Um, I think in our conversations, Corland, you know, you've had conversations with young adults and, and teens and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, okay, if someone asked you what the gospel was, what would you say? And a lot of people are like, uh, I don't know where I'd start. God loves you. Like, so I think one of the reasons is, and it's related to what you said, we think we have to have some kind of polished, 
okay, I got, you know, the elevator pitch. I got 90 seconds. Yeah. I got to pitch this gospel thing to this person before, you know, the, in the checkout line they leave or whatever. And, um, I think lots of people don't know, like, where do I start if I'm going to share the gospel with someone? Right. Um, or how do I even go about doing that? And then, yeah, there's like panic about like, I didn't get the full, I didn't get the full pitch. I only got part of it. Or ah! yeah. Here's a question though. Have any of you been asked by a random, what is the gospel? I think that's the wrong question. Like, I'm not sure if we can. Yeah, we I think I think that's a question that actually comes later in that relationship. Rather and it probably starts with why aren't you free on Friday? Because I'm going to church. Why yeah. aren't you like? It's almost more if you're in a relation. Like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I got church, and yeah. I got what? Like, why? <laughs> and I think yeah. that's where it starts. Rather than share with me your gospel. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was gonna share like one of the the, and I've said this lots in sermons and Bible studies, and maybe even on this podcast. Right, the four words that kind of help us remember the gospel: mm. creation fall, redemption, restoration. Um, you know, God created everything. That's a good starting point. Uh, the fall is humanity screwed it up. We sinned. We rebelled. That's why there's so much brokenness in the world. Redemption is the part of, you know, Jesus coming to save us, paying the penalty for our sins, living, dying, being raised from the dead. And then restoration is now God's doing a work now, restoring people. And then one day he'll restore everything. I think it's really helpful. I've found those four words helpful because then you're right. I have never had a lost person come up to me and say, would you please share the gospel with me? Mm -hmm. But I've had lots of conversations that touch on all four of those kind of things. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. man, you know, as I'm shoveling my driveway, do you see that news article? Like, man, the world's messed up. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, man, there's so much sin in the world or whatever. Right. And then yeah. they go, well, what do you mean? And then you start talking about the fall. And then you might leave it there. You might not even go on to like redemption and restoration. It just might, or, you know, you can have a conversation about someone about creation like your son did and you guys are all stupid and you don't have yeah. a brain. <laughs> I think what people forget is that the power of the testimony and almost every time Paul wrote, he, he preached Christ crucified, but then he always reflected on his himself. Yeah, and, totally. And how that impacted him. And then usually closed letters with, and it's also for you, of course, writing to already yeah. believers other than Romans not knowing who might get the letter, but mm -hmm. we, I think you c people can't argue with how you feel. It's mm -hmm. your own conviction. So man, am I ever glad I have, you know, like peace or something like, well, where does it come from? And, and it's always a reflection. I remember no one can argue with the fact, like, doesn't this throw you off? Or if there's a tragedy, like, how are you so calm? I'm like, yeah. oh man, you know, I, you know, church helps me out a lot with that. And I have some friends and like, you know, that it helps me navigate when everything seems to be falling apart. And it's almost like, hey, you could too, right? And, and mm -hmm. it's almost like that kind of, you leave a person thinking like, how are you able to, to navigate? And you talk about peace and it just starts yeah. a little more organically. Yeah, I think in our world, uh, people are hungry for the gospel, but they don't recognize it as a hunger for for jesus yeah. but what they do recognize is a hunger for exactly what you're talking yeah, hope about. peace Meaning. yeah exactly yeah, like what is jesus right we call the gospel the good news but we package it like we have to forget we share jesus and how do we do that if we yeah. do believe in the indwelling of the holy spirit yeah. and the ministry of presence and being able to sit with someone and you know they're they're freaking out or crying or, and you're not, maybe you don't know what to say, but you have a hand on their back. Like why? That's not natural nowadays. So yeah. I think that is almost more gospel sharing by, but I'm with you. 
because Jesus is with you. And we're going to get to that part of the conversation, but it might not be when everything might not terrible. be today. It might not be this week. It might not be. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I agree. I think that that sense of urgency that, that has been instilled in Christians of like, you know, like we've said so much already, never know if something's going to happen to that person. They could die in yeah. 30 seconds. Can you share the gospel with them? It's like, well, that just because you share the gospel doesn't mean they're going to respond well. Yeah. And they may have already actually heard <laughs> it before, especially in North America. There's a still a somewhat decent chance. Yeah. I think something that we, uh, there's a couple of things that I've noticed. Um, one it, that I, I think is actually a growing issue is just gospel fluency. Uh, and so what I mean by that is, the actual knowledge of, of what Jesus has done for them and being able to back that up, uh, to, to be firm on their convictions. Right. I think a lot of Christians are very content to come Sundays and, and, uh, to their groups, their life groups, whatever other groups you have during the week. Uh, and it's tough to actually put in that work to answer these questions so that, you know, like, what is it that Jesus has done for me? And the more, it's not that head knowledge saves you by any means, but to like, if you think of it, I get the classic example in my head. I remember in school, I used to never study for tests at all. Ooh, then I'd be in the middle okay. of the exam and I'd be like, Lord, please give me this answer. And it's like, well, you don't, <laughs> you didn't take the time. Like, yes, God, Jesus could. is nudging an angel. Like, Look at dummy. Yeah. Like, God could technically give you the answer right there. But like, <clears throat> I also didn't take any time to study anything about that. So yeah, like, totally. neither did the prisoner on the cross next to Jesus. Yeah. So like if you're it's gonna, funny that Romans Road didn't come until Paul wrote it like 60 years later, but then <laughs> the evangelism uh, happened. And yeah, it happened through mm -hmm. relationship and conviction. And yeah, so I, I think knowing what Scripture says is is huge. Um, yeah, totally. And the other one I think is is more so a cultural thing where we relationships seem to be more and more superficial. We're content with just like a work relationship yeah. where it's very professional, courteous. You don't say anything to offend anyone. You don't anything like that. Um, but I know that there's been cases where I've been, uh, you know, relatively open about my faith, but not, not like pushing it on anyone, not being like, Hey, you're a sinner. Like, this is what you need to hear like every single day. And yet I remember having a group of people once they were talking about, uh, experiences where they were experimenting with various different stuff. Uh, and, and I remember they turned to me and they were like, how would you explain that? And they knew that I was a Christian, but yeah, after experimenting with all these things and they're telling all these stories and there was a whole bunch of different uh, faiths represented in that room. But I remember like I wasn't saying anything. I was sitting there thinking a whole bunch of stuff, but I was just sitting there calmly waiting, not even sure they would say anything to me. I was actually probably going to leave it honestly if they hadn't. And they turned to me and they were like, what do you think? So I had an opportunity to be like, Hey, this is what I would think. And this is why I would think that. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. in a, in an incredibly non-judgmental, pushy way, it was, they asked me, right? So yeah. I, I think that, and they didn't necessarily ask me like, what is the gospel? But like, mm -hmm. so I, I think sometimes building relationships with people, actually walking with them, showing them that you care, showing them that, you know, when you, if you've said already that you believe that Jesus has died on the cross for your sins and that he loves you and therefore you can love others, well, they should probably see that, right? Like to mm -hmm. live it out and, and to be confident in those moments to not, um, yeah, it's kind of scary. And if you don't know in that moment, if you're the kind of person that freezes when someone asks you a question, say, hey, like I'd, I'd love to talk about this, but like I, I need just a little bit of time to think because I'm not sure how to answer your question right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think you said a, a few good things there. Like you need to know the gospel yourself, right? So do you do you know it? 
is it actually changing your own life, right? Because if you're like, you should believe the good news, it's it's amazing, and yet it hasn't like changed your life at all, or you don't even know it, right? So it is. I like that. There's a great book called Gospel Fluency that I would su- suggest everyone get and read. It's super yeah. helpful um, to learn that kind of stuff. Like, how do I just in everyday life know yeah. how the gospel fits into these things? And then I think too, yeah that different situations just will call for not this full Romans road gospel presentation. Here's a Bible track. I even, even scripturally you see that like Acts chapter two, Peter preaches a sermon, but he's preaching to religious people who already know the law. Right. And he doesn't start there. He just goes right for Jesus. You guys yeah. crucified him, raised him from the dead. Da, 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 da. And then you read in Acts 17, Paul's addressing people who are, you know, pagans that they don't have, they don't know the law. They don't, there aren't, yep. they aren't spiritual or religious. I guess they're spiritual, but they're not religious. And then he says, I, I, you know, I saw this object that you're worshiping. Interesting. Like it says to an unknown God, can I tell you about this God? And then he goes all the way back to creation. Like this is the God that created everything. And then, and then he eventually gets to, uh, Jesus, right? But it's just, you notice, like, there's no cookie-cutter, Paul, you didn't share the gospel the way Peter did. Well, no, because it didn't fit, right? So you go to your neighbor's house for dinner, and they're not Christians. There there is no Mm cookie-cutter approach to go, like, okay, i got to fit this in, and this is how, da-da-da-da-da-da. And you, you, it might bring up a little bit about your background and the fact that you go to church and well, why? And you stuff like that. Right. And then you might leave and leave it at that. Like, yeah, I think we, we have this idea that we're like, you know, timeshare salesmen and we have to get the pitch in. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's urgency because we want people to know Jesus, but there's also a relationship and there's, uh, I, I think that the pressure to share like a full gospel pitch actually doesn't have to be there. Yeah. It's the way you live your life. It's just being gospel fluent, knowing how to talk about and your life and how Jesus has affected it. And, and being like a, willing to share too. Yeah. And, and just doing it in a normal, not weird way. <laughs> I, yeah. Cause I think that we, um, Oftentimes, I think we we view whenever we talk about evangelism, I do think that we think of this idea of being sent out as in like, okay, we all met at the church. Okay, now we're going to the mall and you have to talk to this many people. We're going to practice doing this. And I'm not necessarily saying that soapbox preaching or that going out to the mall isn't a good idea. Like maybe there's times where, where we should be doing that. But I just think of all the times where I've had conversations where like our our mall. Sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, there was a time I went to the dentist and they saw my tattoo and they're like, Oh, that's a cool tattoo. What's, what's that about? As they're like, <laughs> no, it was, it was before. <laughs> um, what's your tattoo about? Hey, you gotta be ready. Um, but I had an opportunity right then and there. I was like, well, I can either be like, Oh, it just, it's personal yeah. or I could have shared and, and, and I did. And it was, I didn't go into the depths of it because believe it or not, they were putting me under sedation. So I only had so much time. I really only had that like 60 second pitch. I don't want to rem- tell them it's a reminder of how not to be a sinner. It's like they put me in anesthesia. Well, I, I, yeah, I was able to say, Hey, yeah. Like the band around my arm symbolizes the sin that I was living in, the addiction that I was living in. Uh, the white bird symbolizes how God broke that chain of, of defeat and the birds flying up symbolize the freedom that I've had because of him. 
And then I passed out because of sedation. <laughs> it was just about that quick. That is incredible. <laughs> and they're like, ooh, Becky, and, Becky uh, I this told- band represents addiction. And then the, uh, boom. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we just put him down with drugs. Yeah. yeah. Becky, I told you not to ask. <laughs> but I think sometimes we don't realize that the opportunities can actually get put totally. right in front of us. So like I was getting my hair cut once. And, uh, Why do was- you have hair on your head? Because <laughs> okay. of God. Uh, and uh, the lady, this was down when we were visiting family, but the lady was like, oh, so what do you do? And she's cutting my hair. I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. And she was like, aren't all pastors like old and creepy? <laughs> right. And I was like, no. She's like, how old are you? And anyways, and then she asked like, so why did you want to be a pastor? And I'm like, and I'm I'm in the chair. It's for the personal. Next. I don't want to share it. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, I'm, I'm not working right now. <laughs> I'm off the clock. <laughs> But we got into like my upbringing, my Christian family. Like yeah. that I want to tell people about Jesus and teach the Bible. And like she has to, cu- I'm paying her to cut my hair. That's right. So I, I've got a good maybe 15 minutes to like, and she asked. So yeah, yeah. Talk, talking about like a total softball yep. that God <clears throat> gave me. And yeah. she didn't repent and believe. And I didn't even feel the need to be like, do you know where you're going Where you, when you die? Uh, just didn't sense that I needed to do that, but I just, I just shared that I love Jesus, love the Bible, love teaching people about how they can know Jesus. And she was just kind of, okay, we had a great conversation. Right. And it was just that opportunity that God was like, here you go. Mm-hmm. 15 year old me never did the whole, like, do you know where you're going? I would just always, before I do something stupid, be like, well, I know where I'm going and then go and do something stupid. <laughs> That's a great witnessing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know any other encouragements for people or, you know, you think about the average person who's like, oh, I know we're supposed to share the gospel. Uh, I want to. Or yeah. I guess I thought I had is um, you talk about these youth conferences where it's kind of this raw, raw, and they talk about relationship. Um, I remember whether it was like a late 90s, early 2000s, kind of like wave in evangelical, uh, the evangelical church where it was like, you know, you're going to pray for someone and if they accept Jesus, you got to be with them. You got to like Satan could like that's when he'll attack. Mm-hmm. And I just remember this being hammered in it, again, this weight of response. Like it is on you. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I remember thinking like, wasn't Satan attacking far worse before they <laughs> experienced the gospel? Like and I could appreciate how scripture kind of emphasizes this legions of demons are going to attack new believers and i just remember feeling so overwhelmed by the process that you almost avoid it like wow i don't want to be a missionary or i don't mm-hmm. want to evangelize it sounds crazy mm-hmm. and then yeah just no emphasis no emphasis on genuine sincere everyday relationship yeah yeah, yeah i think uh with all the conversation we're having i think patience is huge when it comes to sharing the gospel uh, like we've talked about the sense of urgency and how that's maybe not actually the most healthy way to, to respond, right? To go and yell at people that they're sinners might not actually be the most effective way mm. of showing God's love. Um, but I, I think of it like if we, I think sometimes just street evangelism is easy. You go, you share the gospel and then you say, okay, now come to church and they'll disciple you. Mm. Uh, and I think that it's actually a lot of really hard work to walk alongside someone who who is dead in their sins and has decided to follow Jesus and then to walk with them through that into mm-hmm. the newness of life that mm-hmm. Jesus has given them and to walk through what it looks like to to 
overcome addiction because of what Jesus has done for you to, to overcome marital issues that because of what Jesus has done for you. Like those things are messy. Like all three of us have been privy to that kind of information to watch people's lives change by the gospel, but then still see people wrestle with life because it's real, but it's easy to go and say, Hey, believe in Jesus. And if someone does say, great, now go to church. And then just leave it, right? Sure. I I think it's much more effective for the kingdom to actually focus on making disciples. Yeah. Um, which which, I mean, even the Great Commission, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to observe everything He's commanded. It's not the idea of like go and preach the gospel and get someone else to do this. It's mm-hmm. it's. Yeah inclusive right you and and i think that even for the model of the church where we say well we just want to grow well can you imagine if people live such changed lives because of the gospel that the person that you talk to would go and talk to two people and those two so on so forth like i think that's effective ministry when you can actually have people change with changed lives rather Mm -hmm. than just a quick flip of the switch and say, yeah, sure. I'm a Christian. And then realize life is really hard still. And then fall away, have somebody to walk with them. Yeah. And I think I like the sermon series we're in called messy church. Cause I think the church needs to get a little bit more messy if we're willing to be in those relationships. And I, I'll never forget my old friend Derek and I shared before coming to home group and like experiencing the gospel and him legitimately being like, Oh F like that is so neat. Or like, and then, like our our leader, uh, life group leader Asanju, uh, who is like a clinical counselor from Angola, and she, I could see her eyes kind of go big. Oh, Derek! And, oh, Derek! <laughs> uh, but it was kind of neat because we had to kind of like watching him experience sanctification over the course of months. Totally, yeah. You know, to drop an f bombs to like mid level swearing to like. <laughs> To like the you know the real bad Christian swearing to like being a that's little that's freaking cool yeah, <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> but um it was neat to watch but we had to be okay with the messy and not hold him to a standard to which we would might hold ourselves in that moment because often as Christians we forget about our own sanctification process over the last twenty years yeah, and yeah. almost expect our new friend converts to like get it right yeah and because we don't have patience yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right, there you go. Cool. Episode 107. Uh, hopefully that's encouraging to you because I know that a lot of times, yeah, you can feel the weight and the pressure and like, yeah. But I think if you uh, love Jesus and know the gospel. Oh, the last thing I was going to say that came back to me. Is, nope, too late now. You were closing. Dang it. No, I'm kidding. Um, is uh, I think part of this too is just learning how to, you know, um, Paul talks about, you know, walking with the spirit keeping in step with the spirit. I think sometimes we're like, what does that mean? I think it just, it's listening to when you feel God kind of nudging you to do something. Like I've, uh, I've recently someone shared their story about like hard time in life, uh, separated, you know, single dad in the grocery line with a bunch of kids. And he's, he was a believer, but like someone behind him just kind of like initiated a conversation and wanted to pray with him. And I think it's stuff like that, that it's like, I've had lots of times when I just feel like, man, I feel like the Lord is like nudging me to say something. Yeah. And lots of times, you know, we ignore those things because it's like, it's awkward or I don't know what to do. But I think part of it is being open to that. Like if you, again, if you are in the grocery store and you feel like, I feel like I should ask this cashier, like, how's your day going? Like, 
is there anything I can pray for you about or whatever, right? I'm yeah. not, I think then you just, you just get more comfortable just listening to the spirit, right? Rather than like, there's this fine line where it's like, yeah. I need to build a relationship, but also I think God's prompting me to ask this person something yeah. and being okay with it. Right. Yep. And I've had a few experiences where it's like, wow, like, thanks for asking. Actually, my life is terrible right now. And you're like, oh man, can I pray for you or whatever it is? Right. Yeah. And usually it's not, she's like, not right now. There's other customers. You're like, okay, well, what's your name? I will pray for you. Yeah. Who knows what that does. Right. Yeah. Like and it's you never just know the impact. Like totally. You just never, I, Again, we're, whatever, it's only 45 minutes, folks. Um, but there was a guy a couple of years ago in Savon, and we were rushing through the till again, and he was in the front, and card wasn't working, and I was in a bit of a rush. I wasn't thinking about him, but I'm like, here, man. And I just passed him, like, maybe $40, and he paid for it. What? Weird. I'm like, yeah, Merry Christmas. Forgot about it. But Natalia was with me behind. And, like, over the last two years, maybe, like, six or seven times, she's telling her brother, like, remember when dad gave because she was so blown away why would you do that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's probably like, this is my inheritance <laughs> <laughs> but it blew her little mind she was seven and she hasn't forgotten and huh. the guy's probably long forgotten yeah. thanks bud whatever right and i had forgotten but so the impact of that like kind of impromptu just kind gesture impacted a kid to sure. say like if we have we give and i thought that was kind of cool because we don't know the impact of just Call it being a good person, calling it just being intuitive of the situation around you, an opportunity to serve. Yeah. Because I think those leave lasting impacts, even like, yeah, we we undermine carrying groceries. We undermine waiting to hold the door because someone's 20 feet away. Like, we undermine some of those things, or we, we minimize them to the point of saying, that's not effective evangelism. But I don't know. It's pretty easy nowadays to make a person's day when the world sucks. Yeah. 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 yeah and we, we minimize how that can happen over time too, like in the relationships that we do have, right? You know, maybe it is giving your friend 40 bucks and, and not expecting it back kind of thing. I worked a, a job where um, I, I think I probably failed on this front, but there the amount of times after a good amount of time at this employment where people would come to me and say, okay, you are so different than the other people that are working here. Like what, why can you show us so much patience? Why can you like, why do you even care about mm -hmm. us kind of thing? Um, and I, you know, even just the generic response of, uh, you know, I care because somebody once did it for me, i.e. Jesus. But like mm -hmm. there was, I didn't have to go and shove it down their throats that they were doing things that were wrong. Um, mm -hmm. It was genuinely by walking in love with these people, holding the door open for them when it was minus 40, welcoming them in, yeah. uh, stuff like that. It, it changes how people view you and, and it no longer becomes about, uh, here's a gospel tract, whether it's verbal or on a piece of paper, it becomes about, Oh, this person actually cares about me. Yeah. And, and that well, takes what, time. That's what Jesus says, right? They'll see your good works and they'll yep. give glory to your father in heaven. Yeah. I think that, as long as it's not just like, yeah, I'm just doing good works, you know, generically like everybody else. Yeah. But when there's opportunity for like, why did you do that? Hey, yeah, because mm -hmm. God bless and I love you and I follow Jesus or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like it beats the, you know, the time I'm in Starbucks and a guy literally hands me one of those million dollar bill tracks. Oh, yeah. He's like, here, looks like you could use some money and then kind of like winks and walks away. I never saw that guy again in my life. <laughs> yeah. I turned the thing over and it was like the. Here's the salvation message on a fake million dollar bill. I'm like, that means nothing to me. That is yeah. so, that's such bad. Cause I'm like, that guy doesn't care about me. He yeah. just, e easy to say, here's a piece of paper. 
talk to you later. Never. Right. Then like, hey, let me actually my neighbor across the street just had surgery and let me go offer to can I go to the grocery store and get you some groceries and. And you know what? Actually, you don't even have to pay me back. And it's like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Because I am I love Jesus and I want to take care of you. And then who knows the conversations you'll have. So, yeah. 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 Hopefully we've taken away some of the scariness of like, I have to share the gospel and I need to know the, the, the sales pitch. And yeah. I think it's actually living a life transformed by Jesus yeah. and then talking about it. Why? Why you live the way you live. So. It's only 36 minutes. Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Hopefully that's been helpful. And uh, again, if you do have questions or topics you want us to cover or talk about, please send them in to us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.